Hey guys, you're listening to the Shift Training Podcast, where we talk about personal growth, we talk about mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health, and just overall well-being. And today we'll be having a discussion about emotional well-being, how important that is, and some of the different things that help us improve our emotional well-being. So are we ready to get started? I'm ready. All right, let's get going. So the first thing we're going to end up talking about is, I guess, the value of emotional well-being. So Vaughn... Mm -hmm. What's the value of emotional well-being? I think the value of emotional well-being is crucial. It's important. I think it is how you're going to connect with yourself and others in a deeper level. And yeah. Yeah. I think that you will definitely end up connecting with yourself. But I think just in general, um, think about it. It's emotional well-being. Do you want to feel well? Mm -hmm. you know? Do you want to emotionally be well? You know, uh, I think the value is simply put, you will feel better more often than not. Right. Like you'll, you know, yeah, no, it's a pearl. You'll feel better more often than not. And you'll uh, be able to better navigate your emotions. Um, so I think that's the overall value of emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's well said. I think we should dive into the, the subcategory of emotional well-being we can get started with emotional agility what's emotional agility coach law it's how well you do the oh navigating dodging the emotions i'm just kidding you uh, don't dodge your emotions you need to be present with them be aware of them but emotional agility is how agile can you be when change occurs so when something unexpected happens or something you're not really planning on anything that might trigger you throws you off uh your game how agile can you be and emotional agility is the key factor in being able to be agile in those situations. Mm. Um, yeah, this reminds me of the quote by Victor Frank. And I think Susan David used, her, used this quote a lot. And it's, it's, it says, so I'm going to be paraphrasing, in between, no, between the space and the stimulus, there's a space. And that space is your ability to, you know, react. Uh, properly in the right, right way right yeah so stimulus and response yeah. exactly because most people uh i don't know in general i've noticed that they always in a reactive mode instead of like you know detaching themselves and really see it what's happening you know um, what's going on right take a second to take inventory and i think that's an important skill like the better you get at creating more space. So let's say in the beginning, you create a rule where you're like, okay, my rule is when something happens and I want to instantly scream mm -hmm. or yell, I'm going to count to five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, and five. And maybe in that five seconds, you decide I'm not going to scream, but maybe you still scream. Um, so <laughs> after you've got five down for whatever your rule or response is, maybe it's I'm before I grab that cookie or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'm going to count to five. And maybe in there you can fit a question like, do I really have to eat this cookie to be happy? That's right. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a skill on when it comes to you know being becoming emotional uh, emotionally agile. Yeah, um, be, let's say you're overthinking. You know, um, I think there's two ways of overthinking. There's healthy and unhealthy way. You know, like like you said, grabbing that uh, healthy food or not. So. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it's a skill so we can build upon that. We can get better at it. So if, um, like I said, in the beginning, you start with five seconds, 10 seconds, 30 yeah. seconds, a minute, you can wait a day. You know what? I'm going to get back to you on that. 
Yeah. I'm going to go process how I feel. I'm going <laughs> to ask myself some questions and see where that resistance is coming up within mm-hmm. myself and why whatever the heck it was you said or did made me feel that way or react that right. way. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it could work as well with, you know, if you're really interested in this guitar, you know, sometimes it's so... <laughs> so nice so amazing you know you're just fascinated by the way it looks it's just so cool sometimes you just gotta wait maybe a day you know and maybe i I don't really like this guitar you know maybe you know it can't be just impulsively buying spend it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah no right same thing with buying food or jewelry Mm -hmm. any type of shopping where you're just uh impulsively spending Mm -hmm. you know that's Obviously, that's going to hurt your financial health or bother you. There, there's something going on there, and it's going to make a nasty little loop. Um, cool. So, yeah. Uh, anything else about emotional agility? I think that's it. I think it's, it's a good good segue for emotional granularity. Ooh, dang. Fire. So, tell us a little bit about emotional granularity, Ron. Okay. So, from what I've learned so far, from this is actually... Is this the word from Brené Brown that he she recently invented, or has it been out there? You just it's been out for a little bit, but um, mm. I think Brené Brown, when she references it, um, I'm sure she's come across it in her own research, her own study stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, she's not the only one that uses it. I think one of the people who's popularized that is uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett. Oh, yeah. I so see. her book, how how emotions are made. Um, okay yes are you sure that's the right book i think that's the right book i'm pretty sure that's the right book how emotions are made. i see all right yeah. so from my understanding with emotional granularity is basically there's a study in that book where it all boils down to three emotions that most people use which is angry or pissed off or and happy and then sad so when it comes to emotional granularity so let's use angry as an example usually that is a secondary emotion that you feel maybe what you really feel is disappointed or lost frustrated so that's what basically means uh from what i remember yeah or afraid um the anger being a secondary response Mm -hmm. like oh i feel this feeling like maybe i feel disappointed i feel let down i feel betrayed so i will now respond with anger um so maybe like like said i think the study was something like uh most americans and those are the three words or three expressions so the way that i think about it or an example i would give is think about what you say you feel the most oh i know people say this all the time man i feel so tired and they say that all the time and i'm like okay and then they start describing or talking to me about something else. And really it's like, um, maybe, you, maybe you're tired, but physical tiredness, like you can, you can address that with some physical health, some diet stuff. You can, you can boost your energy. Um, you totally have higher levels of energy. But if tired is always your response for maybe I'm uninspired mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't feel like what I'm doing is meaningful or valuable right. or, um, literally feel disconnected mm-hmm. or i feel lost and you just say yeah i'm tired or maybe you're stressed out right and there's different levels and different things to say about stress but maybe you're really overwhelmed mm-hmm. you're just overwhelmed no mm-hmm. matter what you do you're burning more energy than your body can create or produce like more more than you can actually uh generate mm-hmm. and that would lead you to be like okay because of the overwhelm my energy level is always down yeah i'm tired right yeah. but a lot of times we say oh, these two or three things are always how I feel. 
and fail to realize the other things that are actually going on. And we wonder why we can't navigate out of it. It's because we don't actually look at what's going on. We don't have the words. Right. Yeah. So sometimes we're maybe just sleep deprived all the time, you know? That's uh, so hard for us, so hard for our brain to function when we're in that state. So yeah, so I think it's very important to like know the right words. So I think the emotional granularity will help us express the right emotion. Absolutely. Um, And I think the way that we even get to being able to work on our emotional granularity is one, uh, Vaughn, I think you have a great example for this, which is looking up synonyms of Mm -hmm. the feeling. Yes. Um, I know Susan David, she puts up great posts on Instagram where it's like an umbrella. So it'll say like sad and underneath it, it'll say various other feelings that are under that. And you can kind of look at it and go, actually, I feel more of this one, not per se, just generally sad. A hundred percent. Yeah. Another way to actually do that or what's necessary, I think, for you to even uh, build that is emotional awareness. You need to become aware of your feelings and your emotions. So what are the feelings, the physical sensations that you're feeling in your body? And what are the emotions? So when you feel these feelings, how do you express it? Or how do you process that this is what I'm feeling? Or this is the energy that I'm emoting, uh, energy emotion that I'm expressing to other people Mm -hmm. or to myself? What is that? And you have to become aware of when I feel this, I express this. When I feel this, the emotion I perceive or take on is this. Mm. So it, it starts from the body first. You feel it and then it's up to you to what emotion that you put out there. Absolutely. At least that's what um, a lot of what I've been learning, a lot of the different studies and things, the research is looking like, mm-hmm. um, or at least for the most part, it's looking like, look, when you feel something, there's a there's a response in your body. So. It's like a loop, a nice little loop. But for the most part, nervous system knows this, safe, unsafe. What Mm. happened? Something happened, made you feel unsafe. Why? Because something in your past, some trauma or whatever has Mm. decided or it's been ingrained in your body. Hey, yo, this is unsafe. Mm. I now feel uncomfortable. I now feel scared. I now feel Mm. this. Release those chemicals. Feel it in your body. Rev it up. Now, body, we do X program that's Mm. in our brain. And most people don't realize that they have to sometimes face that and really understand it because sometimes it's so easy to just avoid that. And then you become, you know, get stuck in this loop, right? Right. And it's one of those things where it's like um, one of my favorite sayings, when I say favorite, I say favorite with heavy sarcasm. I really don't like to hear people say this. It's just the way that I am. Whoa. It's one of my (laughs) least favorite, just one of my least favorite phrases. How did you get to be that way? Oh. There are very few things. There's there's a handful of things. You know, they have the whole nature nurture argument. I don't care about that. I'm not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is the amount of people who have adapted, overcome, or shed whatever they learned when in their youth. So you can say, I've always been like this since I was little. Why? You learn mm-hmm. that. You learn that to survive and adapt in the environment that you were born into, right. where you lived. Now, if you kept carrying it and you were in a new environment, but you kept saying, this is how I am, uh, you took something that was a state, you needed to exist. You needed that state to exist, like constantly being stressed out and not knowing what to do with yourself when you're at mm, peace and everything's tranquil and there's nothing to do. Yeah. So used to the cortisol, you need that stress. You need to feel like something, something's going on. You, you could choose to not live in that state. Sometimes we repeat a state so often it becomes a trait mm. and then we take it on as part of our identity and we say, that's just the way I am. 
And it's like, yeah, instead of just it's being just a state, but they adapted that since they were young, then it becomes a trait. Right. Yeah. Just like with anything, anything you practice for long enough, you can say, oh, this is just how I am. Yeah. You know, I wish somebody would say to Usain Bolt, you were just you're just made that way. Yeah. You you're you. That's just how you are. You're just fast. Mm, yeah. Comes a fix, fixed mindset. Right? Yeah. Fixed mindset. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's a trap. So yeah. it's one of my least favorite things, uh, simply yeah. because to say so means that you don't believe in your ability to change. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to like understand that, you know, and do some reflection when you feel a visceral, uh, you know, sensation in your body because you can't really overcome things on the things that you don't understand, you know? Right. You need to be able to at least see yeah, it. See it. Yeah acknowledge it a little bit uh-huh. and then uh, try to gain some clarity around it and that's sure. the value of emotional awareness it helps you go from i do not see a way out mm-hmm. and this is just how i am to i'm starting to better understand more about myself that i never knew mm. i'm learning that i can make changes in my life i feel empowered to actually work on my emotional granularity mm. i feel capable of creating change in my life feel capable therefore believe it as well you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How many of you guys believe something that you don't feel? Like in your body, you feel something against it, but you still believe it. Mm. That's not common. There's few cases like that. But I would say for most people, usually when we say we believe something, we also feel it too. Mm. Well, what if th- that person is like, he doesn't, he doesn't believe, uh, he doesn't feel it, but in his mind, yeah, I believe in myself. Yeah. that's part of it that's you they might be in a state where you're working towards it oh okay so that's okay that's an okay yeah thing. yeah but as long as you're progressively working on it then yeah eventually that feeling will become you will feel it yeah because you'll do the work to make sure that you believe it because we mm. tend to fight for the things that we want to believe even if we think they're wrong to some degree or we feel like they're wrong yeah. we will fight to make sure that we feel like it's true is that like kind of, kind of like Fake it like until you make it. I think it's kind of. I think it's kind of like that. The fake it till you make it is a whole other discussion. That's just something else. But um, in terms of being able to, again, guys, you have to have some level of emotional awareness uh, or try to build that. And one thing that helps you do that, and vice versa, they help each other, is emotional granularity. And then uh, we talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. We Mm -hmm. talked a lot about that. Um, and in the starting days of shift, we talk a lot about emotional intelligence right. and it's important to understand that the whole like self-awareness element, self-management, um, relationship, you know, have awareness of that and relationship, relationship management and having that, uh, social awareness, so awareness of others. Mm-hmm. And again, that still boils down to just being aware mm-hmm. and how do you navigate being aware? Um, and I think that's where the emotional agility comes in. So we have. Uh, in terms of developing or getting better with your emotional well-being, if you want to feel better um, and have the ability to navigate difficult situations uh, more successfully than not and benefit from them versus just being torn down from them, but actually benefit from them, it's you're going to need to work on that emotional awareness, the emotional granularity, put that stuff into practice, make some choices about differences in how you want to behave and respond, and that's your emotional agility. Create the space for you to even present yourself with questions or different options than your initial reaction. Instead of letting your nervous system take over and say, hey, oh, I'm just gonna, we're gonna just 
we're going to lose our mind right now. Go, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it. You'll feel better after. It's like, not really. You won't. <laughs> It'll probably create more chaos than you want. Um, just sit with it and learn from it and uh, be present. Right, yeah. Uh, I think uh, great practice is, is stillness, you know. Sometimes you just got to sit down in your in your room or in the nature. Nature, I think, is a better option because you could be really be talking to to your uh your 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 stuff you know yeah cool so um do you have any other thoughts on emotional uh well-being that we should cover um then that's it i think the the one that pops out of my mind is uh that quote from i forgot who it was uh you know he he says he says on the quote uh we're not thinking machines we are feeling machines oh Brene brown is one of my favorite ones i got you on yeah. this one okay bet so the quote is uh, she says it and i heard her say it on the hbo max and i don't know if it's an alice of the heart i don't remember mm -hmm. if it was an alice of the heart it didn't hit me as hard as it did when i watched it, it on it. hbo max and she said we like to w walk around thinking that we're thinking machines but we're feeling machines that think mm. Okay, yeah. so that's important to realize. And that's so true on so many levels. If you understand a little bit about human biology and what kinds of things happen in our body and the chemicals that get released, and this is a whole little factory, that's a whole factory. Our bodies are whole factories that make chemicals and all kinds of stuff to make sure we feel stuff and therefore behave a certain way. We're, if, 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 you, if, you, if you couldn't feel any pain, imagine how differently you would think. No. That's interesting. And therefore, how differently you would behave. Mm, wow. it, but feeling pain or those types of things are what keep us alive. Mm, wow. That's what helps us learn. That's true. That's true. Especially when you said the pain. And then without that pain, how are we going to think? Oh, man, we'll probably think all kinds of crazy stuff and <laughs> yeah. justify it. Because we're, uh -huh. that would be if we're thinking machines. And uh -huh. it's proof that we're not thinking machines. Because... It's not our thoughts that always lead us. It's more commonly than not our feelings and then mm. our thoughts that justify how we felt. Mm. Anyways, guys, so emotional well-being, emotional granularity, emotional intelligence, emotional agility, emotional awareness, all that stuff. If you want to feel better and be able to better navigate your feelings and also your connections with other people. Um, if you can't process your own feelings and emotions, I think the other one from Brittany Brown was, and she's not the only one I've heard say this, but basically you can't connect with anybody deeper than the level in which you've connected with yourself. Bless you, Vaughn. Gracias. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else, Vaughn? Are we good? That's it. I think that, uh, that, that quote, uh, it's a good ending. All right. We're done. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. Again, please subscribe, like, follow, rate, review, comment, all that good stuff it helps us and we really appreciate your feedback um i guess that's it that's it have a wonderful day peace